good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for being here with us today, whether you're here at our Newburgh campus with us at our West campus or watching with us online. Uh, like your host said, my name is Ross. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and I'm so thrilled to be here with you today as we continue our series, What Child Is This? If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Isaiah chapter nine is where we're gonna go. Isaiah chapter nine. And uh, while you're turning there, hopefully you like who you're sitting next to this morning. Uh, we're going to have a good time today. We're going to laugh. We're going to have some fun. Uh, why don't you look to your neighbor and say, you look great this morning. You look great this morning. Even if it's not true, we'll pray for a Christmas miracle. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Wake up Christmas morning. Beautiful. Um, Isaiah chapter nine, we're going to start in verse six. It's actually the passage that we've been reading the past couple of weeks in this series. What child is this? But I'm going to read it to us one more time. This is what it says for to us, a child is born to us. A son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Uh, if you're taking notes with me this morning, and I hope that you are, the title of this message, if I had to give it one, is The Promise in the Preview. The Promise in the Preview. Would you pray with me as we dive into the word today? Father, thank you so much for who you are. God, thank you that you brought us all here, whether we're at the Newburgh campus at West or watching online. God, I thank you that we've had an opportunity today to worship you, to open up your word and encounter you. God, I pray that you would help me to communicate your word clearly and effectively. Lord, that it would speak to our hearts, it would speak to our minds today, and that we would leave our time together forever changed. It's in your name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. Uh, real quick, just by a show of hands, how many of you guys love going to the movies? Anybody love going to the movie theater? I, I know some people in here, you know, you like to sit on the couch and watch Netflix. That's fine. But I'm telling you, I love going to the movies because for me, it's not just about the movie itself. It's the whole experience, right? I mean, it's like the buildup of actually going to see the movie. I kind of think about it, you know, Christmas is right here upon us. It's kind of like kids at Christmas time. For a kid, Christmas morning is awesome, but isn't it also sort of more about the buildup? It's like walking into stores and hearing Christmas music playing through all the speakers. It's riding through your neighborhood at night and seeing the whole street lit up with Christmas lights. It's seeing your presents underneath the tree and going over and shaking a few of them to figure out what it actually is. It's more about the buildup. And what I'm basically saying is that I'm like a child. Um, because I love the buildup of going to the movies. When I go to the movies, I'm telling you, I have to get there early. Like, I'm not talking about like on time early. I'm talking about like the trivia questions before anything starts early, okay? I have a very strict diet when I go to the movie theater of popcorn, Twizzlers, and a blue raspberry icy. Gotta have that every time that I go, every time that I go. My wife and I, we're the kind of people who book our seats online before we ever get there to make sure that we get good seats and best believe we're getting the seats that lean back, okay? I'm not sitting up like a normal person. I wanna lay down to watch this movie, right? I love going to the movies. The reason really why I get there so early though is that I don't miss my favorite part of going to the movies and that 
is the previews. Anybody else like the previews before the movie actually gets started? I could watch movie trailers all day long, man. I just love this idea that they've taken like a a two hour movie and jam packed it into like this two minute segment. Sometimes I'll be in a movie theater to see a movie and I see an awesome preview and I'm kind of upset that I'm in the movie I'm in. I kind of want to go to another one. Like I just love this idea. I I love that filmmakers have figured this thing out that if they can give you a preview of what is to come, they can get you passionate enough to come back and see their movie. And there's a principle there today that filmmakers have understood that I think you and I should grasp today. And it's this, that previews produce passion. Previews produce passion. Passion. You see this actually taking place in Isaiah chapter nine as the author who is Isaiah is giving the people of his day and us a preview of the Messiah who was to come. He was giving them a preview and he, he describes this Messiah who is to come in several different ways. He says that he will be a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, a prince of peace later on. But today we're going to focus on this idea that he's an everlasting father. You know, last week, our lead pastor, uh, Phil Heller, he talked to us about this idea of the Trinity, that our God is actually three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What I don't think Isaiah is trying to do here is unpack the Trinity by using the word everlasting Father, but what he's doing is actually describing a characteristic of this Jesus who is to come, this Messiah who is to come. I can imagine, though, for the people in Isaiah's time, they're getting this preview of the Messiah who is to come. And if they're sitting in a movie theater watching this take place, they're seeing a little bit of a preview. They have to be excited. They have to be passionate because they've been waiting for a long time for this Messiah to come. And they're thinking to themselves, great, he's finally coming. Our helper is on the way. But there is a problem with this preview. The problem with the preview is that from the time it actually is previewed in Isaiah chapter nine to the time of Jesus's birth in Luke chapter two, it's a time span of 700 years. They would be waiting a long time to see that movie. (laughs) And actually when it unpacks in Luke chapter two, the story of Jesus's birth goes like this. While they, meaning Mary and Joseph were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. Essentially, he is what Isaiah was previewing. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. From the story of Christmas, all the way from the preview to the birth of Jesus, to the time where he starts living up to these father-like qualities, I believe there's some principles that we can find here today. And if you're taking notes with me, number one is this. The son's birth shows us, or previews for us, if you will, shows us the father's everlasting patience. It shows us the father's everlasting patience. I think when we look at the Christmas story, all we can see is the father's patience. 
There's so many things we can learn about his patience. I mean, he has crazy patience, like, like 700 years kind of patience, right? But not only that, like the people in Isaiah's time, they have to be baffled about this idea of the Messiah. But then when Jesus is born, the people who have been waiting 700 years only figure out they have to wait longer. Why? Because when God chooses to send this everlasting father that they've been hearing about to the earth, how does he send him? In the form of a baby. You ever seen a baby? Babies don't look like fathers. <laughs> and it's like, wait a second, so we gotta wait longer? Now you, you send the everlasting father in one of the most fragile states that I could ever think of in this small, fragile state. I think it's because God was telling us a little bit about who he was. He is, he is patient and he uses small things to do big stuff. Because if you fast forward from the time that the preview starts to become a reality and Jesus is a grown man and he starts to actually exude some of these father-like characteristics, you see that his followers were always trying to push him towards the throne. Jesus, you're supposed to be the king. Jesus, come on, let's have a battle. Jesus, let's win the war. Let's have a mighty victory. And Jesus responded by saying, my time has not yet come. You see, Jesus understood the importance of patience and it's time that we understand it as well because we live in a world today that despises small beginnings, don't we? Many people, we avoid doing the small stuff. Why? Because we like to project, project like we got a lot of big stuff going on in our lives. But again, when God chooses to send us this everlasting father, he does it in a seed form like just a little, just a little baby. Why does he do that? I think he does that oftentimes with us as well. He gives us gift in seed form so that you and I can handle the gift as it grows so that we can handle the gift as it grows. One of my favorite Christmases of all time was the Christmas right before I turned 16 years old. My birthday is just two weeks after Christmas. In case you're taking notes, you want to write that down and get me an awesome birthday gift. Um, my birthday is just like two weeks after Christmas. And oftentimes when I was a kid growing up, like my Christmas presents would preview what my birthday was going to be like. If I knew I got some really awesome Christmas presents, I knew my birthday was going to be kind of so-so, you know? But, um, but here's the thing, like when I was, uh, I, think, I think it had to be the Christmas of 2004, I received one of the most awesome Christmas presents I've ever received. My dad, he bought me uh, my first vehicle. He got me a truck. In fact, it was a uh, candy apple red 2001 Chevy Silverado. And uh, I loved that truck, even though it did have some problems, like it did have a few issues, you know, like I remember the first time it ever broke down on me, I was riding uh, on the road and, and, and all of a sudden like smoke started kind of like billowing out of the hood. And so I, I, I do what you do when you see smoke. I, I pulled over to the side of the road, you know, try to act like I knew what I was doing. I got out of my truck, you know, go over. No one's watching, but I'm like, I pop the hood. <clears throat> Uh, how many of y'all know I popped that hood, but I have no idea what was wrong with my truck. I had no idea. I'm just like, touch it, Jesus. I don't know. You know, <laughs> it was kind of just, some of you are looking at me and like, I can tell you had no idea what was going on with the truck, Ross. I, uh, 
I had no idea what was going on with the truck for a number of reasons, right? I'm just not that kind of guy. But also like, I tell you one of the main reasons I didn't know why was, what was going on with the truck is because I didn't build the truck. <laughs> like I wasn't there when it was made. Therefore, when it broke down, I didn't know how to fix the problem. And I couldn't handle it on my own because I wasn't there from the very beginning. I wasn't there from the very beginning. And a lot of us, we get frustrated with God because he gives us gift in the seed form. And we think that God is trying to limit us, that God is trying to punish us. But the truth is God's not trying to limit you. He's trying to empower you. He's trying to teach you ownership. He's trying to teach you responsibility. For a lot of us, if God gave us what we wanted right now, when it broke down, we wouldn't know how to fix it because we weren't there from the beginning and we don't know how it worked itself out and how it got to where it is right now. This is why you see a lot of people who win the lottery within a year's time, they end up going bankrupt. You know why? Because if you're not surrounded by that kind of money and figuring out and being taught how to manage that kind of money, guess what? When you all of a sudden get it, it becomes really hard to figure it out on your own. It becomes really hard to manage that kind of lifestyle. And a lot of us need to realize that our God is actually doing stuff from the beginning with us. And it may be frustrating. It may look really small right now, but it does not mean that it will be small in the future. When we realize that God is patient with us, that he uses small things to do really big things in our life, it starts to change our perspective a little bit, doesn't it? We start to see, oh, wait a second. Maybe the reason why I don't have that promotion, I didn't get the promotion that I wanted is because I'm not the person for that job just yet. That God is defining some things in my life. He's working some things out for me so that when the time comes, I'll be ready. Because if I ever want to be the CEO that I imagine in my mind, God's going to take me through a lot more tougher things than just not getting that job. Maybe for some of us, we're, we're wondering why we don't have a bigger salary. And it may be just to, due to the fact that, hey, we haven't learned how to manage our small salary that we have right now. God is actually taking us on a journey and he is patient with us on the journey. He's working some things out and it's our job to be patient with him. 2020 is just upon us now and 2020 is gonna be, um, is gonna be, is gonna mark my 10th year in ministry, my 10th year in full-time ministry. And I have to be honest with you, like sometimes I look back when I hit a milestone in life and, and kind of just like to look back and see what God has done in my life. And, and what I'm doing right now, like to be a, a youth pastor at an awesome church like this, to be over uh, students that are as awesome as those, as those guys are right there. Now, this is the dream, man. Like this is like what got previewed to me a long time ago. I felt like God gave me a vision of this and it's actually even better than I imagined. Right here on this platform, being able to communicate God's word to you. Guys, this, this was the dream, man. But I have to tell you, the dream wasn't always a dream. The dreams was sometimes a lot more like a nightmare. <laughs> Because I remember about 10 years ago, um, I had a friend who, who, who her dad was really trying to start a church, trying to plant a church, and uh, he needed some help with somebody who could lead worship for him. And I knew how to play guitar. I could 
kind of sing, I, I thought. And, uh, and so I was like, hey, I'll help you out. I got to do an internship for school anyway, and I need credit. So I'll, I'll, I'll help you. He's like, yeah, for sure. That's awesome. You know, so I show up the first day um, to, 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 to lead worship for this church plant. And uh, it's at a Holiday Inn Express in Clearwater, Florida. Um, there are 10 people in the room and five of them are his kids. Not only that, like I get there and I'm like, okay, we can still work with this. You know, it's just me and my acoustic guitar. I'm fine. You know, we'll be good. And he's like, hey, listen, we got a little bit of an issue though, because we got to run slides for the songs that you're singing. We got a PowerPoint thing on this computer. I was like, cool. Who's doing that? He's like, well, it's just me and you. So you kind of got to do this. And I was like, why? Because the only place to plug in the computer was right there at the podium in the front of the room where I was leading worship. And so I had to figure this whole thing out like I was leading worship for these 10 people going, every day it's you I live for, next slide. Every day I follow after, next slide. Every day, like it was, people were really confused. It was really hard to follow me. Um, <laughs> it wasn't always the dream. I remember like some mornings waking up thinking, I don't wanna do this. I remember so many times going, why God? This is not the preview that you gave me. This is not the vision that I had. Like, this is not the dream. I was so frustrated back then, but I look back now, and to be honest with you, I, I'm ashamed of my attitude because there are so many things that I use to this day that God taught me back then. There are so many concepts and so many things that God was working out of me that I didn't even know it at the time. And I don't know where you come from, what you've been through, how patient you've had to be, but I came here this morning to remind some of you that if God could do it for me, he can do it for you too. That he is patient with that which you need to process. That he is actually working out things that you feel like he's not working on. That that which you see as useless, he is still using, that he is developing things in you and he is patient through your process. Is there anybody this morning that is thankful for a God who is patient with us? He's working some things out in us. I'm so thankful that he's patient with us. And so it makes me wonder like how many times have I just despised something because it was small? So here's a question for you like, What's in your hand today that seems so small? What are you despising that you should be developing? What are you minimizing that you could be multiplying? Understand that God is working and he is a patient God. You wanna know why he gives us things in the seed format? Because the only thing you can do with a seed is plant it. And our life is not gonna be measured in the harvest that we reap, friends. Our life is gonna be measured in the seeds that we sow. He is an everlasting father with everlasting patience and he's working things out. We just gotta keep planting the seeds and believe that one day in his timing, we'll see it grow. Point number two, if you're taking notes with me this morning is this, the son's birth shows us the father's everlasting purpose. Not only does he have everlasting patience, but he has an everlasting purpose for us as well. Have you ever noticed that some of the most awesome things in life are the most difficult to open? 
Some of the greatest gifts in life are sometimes the most difficult to open. I brought a few photos here with me. What about Capri Suns? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like how difficult is it to get the straw in the little spot perfectly? It's so hard for me. I don't know why, it's just difficult. What about now before they had the twist off caps? What about milk cartons back in the day? Where you have to like push and then squeeze just right, pull it. It's so hard, it's so hard. This was the one that got me, man. What about CDs with the little plastic piece? You could not get your finger on that little thing. It, it's like the same thing with Starburst, but a lot of times with Starburst, not only are they hard to open, the paper will stick to the candy. You pop the candy in your mouth, you're like, ah, ah, paper. It's awful. It's awful. This is, the one, this is the worst one though. Action figures, man. Action figures, anything with like the soldered plastic around the edges, you're like, why do they do this? You know, it's so difficult to open these kinds of things. I think that God's purpose in our life works the same way though. God's purpose in our life works the same way because we want God's gift. We want God's purpose in our life, but the packaging around our purpose is sometimes problematic. Again, if you look at the story of Christmas, you'll see that the angel in Luke chapter two appears to the shepherds and says that you'll find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Now, I don't know about you, but I look at this and I go, wait a second, wait a second. This is the one we got the preview about, right? Like this is the everlasting father and he's gonna be wrapped in cloths and lying in a feeding trough. What? No, 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 he should be wrapped in gold. Like he should be born in a palace, right? So often we want God's promises, but we don't like the way that they are wrapped. You fast forward to when the preview becomes a reality and Jesus is using his father-like characteristics. He's sitting down with his disciples and he's giving them a preview of his death. He says, soon I will die. And I love Peter, Peter's my favorite disciple. He kind of pulls Jesus to the side and thinks that he's gonna correct Jesus. <laughs> he's like, hey Jesus, listen man, you're like the guy Isaiah was talking about. Um, you're the son of God. Probably shouldn't be saying stuff like that. Jesus says, get behind me. Why? Because when Peter saw the problem, Jesus saw the purpose in the problem. Jesus saw the purpose in the problem. I wonder how many times I've missed out on God's purpose in my life simply because I did not like the way that it was wrapped. So often our dreams are gonna become wrapped in a bunch of nightmares. So many times our biggest successes are gonna come wrapped in failure. We have to understand that our purpose will often come wrapped in a lot of problems. Can I remind you today though, that what a gift is wrapped in has no bearing on the gift itself, that you and I can trust the gift giver, that whatever we gotta unwrap, whatever we gotta go through, we can trust that there is a purpose to it, that he does have a plan, that the, the scripture is true, that he works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his what? purpose. He has a purpose and he has a plan for our lives. It's just now our job to take the time to work through what the purpose is wrapped in. Could it be today that what you are stressed about, what you are worried about, what you are angry about is just a blessing in disguise? 
What if the lack of communication that you feel in your marriage is an opportunity for you to build trust like never before? What if the frustration with your future is just an opportunity for you to see that God is steering you in a new direction and he will have an open door when you turn? Maybe the issues that you face at work are just an opportunity for your boss to see how dedicated you are to your job. We have to believe that no matter what it is wrapped in, the gift giver has a purpose and it is an everlasting purpose for us. Not only does our God have everlasting patience and everlasting purpose for our life, but number three, if you're taking notes, is this, the son's birth shows us, previews for us the father's everlasting promise. Everlasting patience, everlasting purpose, but he has an everlasting promise for us. I think about his promise when I think about the timing of the Christmas story. Because you read the Christmas story, you figure out the scenario and you go, God, this is not the right timing. Like this is terrible timing actually. I mean, just think about the premise of the Christmas story. This is a 15 year old girl who says she's a virgin, but comes to her, her fiance and says, hey, I'm pregnant, but don't worry, it's God's. <laughs> what? God, you chose to do this in this kind of timing. Hold up, couldn't you have just waited till after they got married, then there wouldn't have been this big scandal? Couldn't you have done this before they got engaged and then Joseph wouldn't have been tied up in all this? Bible says that Joseph actually considered divorcing her quietly. This was a mess from the start. But not only that, when the baby is being born, they have to travel all the way. She's super pregnant and she has to travel to Jerusalem. Why? Because when they get there, she has the baby. But then when it's time to have the baby, they're looking for a room. They're looking for a space. We need to find a nice place. We need a good place. This is the everlasting father. This is the one that was previewed to us. Come on, where's the place? There's no room. So they have to go to a stable <laughs> to have the everlasting father. But did you know this? Even though it seems like the wrong timing and everything seems to be going wrong, that at this specific time in history, Rome was a superpower and for the first time they began to build road systems. That for the first time, for the most part, there was one common language among all the people. Many historians believe that this was the only time in human history that the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ could have spread the way that it did. How else would it have spread like wildfire with just 12 ordinary guys? I think it's because God was up to something that he knew what he was doing and that he was fulfilling a promise that he had made so many years ago. His promises are always on time. The story of Christmas is this idea that the everlasting father came to us in a way that nobody expected as a baby, but that baby would grow. And the preview would start to become a reality as Jesus stepped on the scene and everybody started to realize he is a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father. Do you know what this phrase everlasting father actually translates to? It translates to this idea that he is the father of eternity, meaning he holds time in his hand, that he's always on time. 
And the more I follow Jesus, the more I realize that his timeline is totally different than mine. That he's never late, he's certainly never early, but he's always on time. His timing is absolutely perfect. I'm really excited about Christmas this year because I get to spend it with my family. And, uh, and here, like we're gonna have the Christmas services next week and right after the last Christmas service, my wife and I were driving to Nashville and we're gonna be flying out and, and seeing my family on, on Christmas day for the first time in a really long time. But I am a little bit hesitant about it because the last time that we flew to go see my family, we, we were supposed to have a layover in Charlotte for only like 45 minutes and we were there for six hours. Why? Because our plane kept getting delayed, 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 delayed. And when we finally got there to see my family, I was a little bit disappointed because like our first day we were supposed to be there with them is kind of like a wash now. Made me realize that delays often lead to disappointment, don't they? Delays often lead to disappointment. So many of us in life when when we're trying to follow Jesus, it can be difficult because he's an everlasting father. He holds time in his hand. It's not an issue for him. His timeline is so much different than ours. We can get delayed and delayed and delayed and then discouraged and disappointed. For some of us in here, 2019 has been nothing but a year of disappointment. Life has a way of doing that sometimes, but following Jesus means that we trust in his timing no matter what. I love what the Bible says in Romans chapter five, verse six, about when the preview becomes a reality. Check out what it says about Jesus. You see, at just the right, what time? When we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. We know this to be true because we talked about it in point one. What what is he? he? He's very patient with us. He's patient all around. But may we not mistake his patience for his absence. Because while he is patient, he is very present. While he's patient, he is so very present because the story of Christmas is this great promise that our God is Emmanuel. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. He doesn't promise us a problem-free life, but he does promise us that no matter what, he will be with us through it all. This idea of God being with us, this idea of Emmanuel, we will actually unpack this coming week in our Christmas services. I think, uh, I think about promises right now probably more than ever because 2019 has been a year of promise for my wife, Nikki, and I. Um, actually, yesterday marked um, that she is officially 17 weeks pregnant and we are expecting our first. Yes, thank you. We're so excited. I'm, I'm excited and scared all at the same time. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, but like my family is probably more excited than even we are. Like we've already started getting so many gifts and we're like, yo, chill out, you know? Like we already have outfits for when the baby's like six months old. We have outfits for when the baby's like a year old. And what's funny is every Saturday, Nikki has this app on her phone and we're constantly looking to see how big the baby is. It started out like the size of a poppy seed and now it's the size of a pomegranate, you know? And it's crazy, the baby keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. 
Yet I look at all these outfits that are sitting in a closet already and we're just like, the baby is never gonna fit in that, you know? It's like, this is ridiculous. When the baby's born, that's gonna be way too big of an outfit. But for some of us in here today, it kind of feels the same way that we, we see an outfit that we wanna be wearing, but it just feels like right now it's too, it's too big for us. If we were to jump into it right now, it would, it would look ridiculous. There's nothing worse than having the right thing at the wrong time. I just wanna remind somebody today, if you're frustrated with where life is, with how things have been going in your life, you have a promise today. And it's this, that God has an outfit for you. And even though it may not be an outfit for today, it is an outfit for one day. And if we keep believing that he has everlasting patience, that we are all a work in progress, that he has an everlasting purpose through the good, the bad, the ugly, he's working it out for our good. And that he does give us this promise that through it all, he is God with us. One day will come soon enough. The outfit that we envision wearing, the, the thing we've gotten a preview of, will come to pass in his timing. He is the everlasting father. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just wanna ask a question today for some people in the room. If you're here today and you're frustrated with where life has got you, and it kind of just feels like if you're honest, like God's not there. It kind of just feels like He's not with you. And today, you need a reminder of his patience. You need a reminder of his purpose and his promise in your life. You need a reminder that he is Emmanuel, God with you. And you're saying, Lord, I just need that today. Would you raise your hand right where you are? Saying, Lord, I just need you. Give me a sign that you're with me today. Show me that you're still for me and not against me. Father, you see every single hand that was raised whether here in Newburgh, watching online or with us at our West Campus. God, I just pray that you would continually reveal to us that you are an everlasting father with everlasting patience, with everlasting purpose that you don't give up on us and that you've given us this promise that is also everlasting, that you are God with us. Would you remind us today that not only is your promise everlasting, but your promise is present. That God, where we're at right now, you are presently patient with us. Father, for the hands that were raised, remind them that you presently have a purpose for them. For those that need it today, remind us that your promises still are present and true today. God, we love you. We thank you that you are an everlasting father. You see all, you know all, and you are with us through it all. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.